0: Shalom to all! Welcome back to the Quick Parsha, presented daily by All Parsha. Today we're going to be learning the first Ali in Parsha's Mishpatim, that's Perk Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Now, many times throughout this Parsha, Rashi is quite lengthy in his explanations. Therefore, Quite often, we're going to explain what Rashi is saying without actually reading Rashi. Other times, we're going to read only a line or two of Rashi and then move on to the next one. So, let's take a look at the Pasuk. Pasuk tells us, and these are the laws, the ordinances, the decrees that you shall place in front of them. Let's take a look at Rashi over here. Pasuk alf, ha'mishpatim, shenemre Any Anytime it says in the Pasuk Ele, these are, that does away with what we had mentioned previously. Ve'ele, if it has a vav, that's adding on to that which. We had learned about previously. Maharish and Misinai, just like what we learned about previously, is from Sinai, Af-Elim Sinai. so too these halachas and these decrees, they're from Sinai also. Why is it that we have this parsha of dinam of all these laws? Why is that in proximity to the parsha of the mizbeach? The previous parsha ends off with halachas and the Mizbech. We shall place the Sanhedrin, they're the ones that pass in all these different halachas, they shall be placed right next to the base of Mikdash in which is found the mizbeach. Asher Tosim of that shall place in front of them. It shouldn't dawn on you saying I'm going to teach them this matter, this halacha two or three times, until it's clear in their mouths exactly the way I taught to them. And I'm not going to bother myself trying to explain all the reasonings behind this halacha. That's why it says in the adam.' It's like a table which is set and ready, displayed in front of a person so that he could Eat everything, so too Mashrabbin was commanded to explain the reasonings of all the Halachas. Lifnahem, <speaking in Hebrew> you shall place it in front of them, the of the and not in front of the Gayim. Even if you know that there is a law that they judge exactly the way we judge it, your knowledge to bring your judgment into their court system. Someone who brings a Jewish court case to a secular court, he is shamayim. We should only bring our court cases to Jewish courts and not to secular courts. Let's go back to Chomish If you're going to buy a Jewish slave, he shall serve you for six years and the seventh year he goes out free without any payment. In if he came alone, so he leaves alone. In however, if he was married previously, then his wife goes out with him. If his master is going to give him a wife, and she gives birth to sons and daughters, the woman and her children, they shall be for the master. And this Evid he goes out alone. However, if this Evid says, I love my master as my wife as and my Children, I don't want to go free. So his master brings him to Bazdin. and he brings him to the door or to the doorpost, and his master pierces his ear with an awl, which is some sort of tool, and he shall serve him forever. So this part that we just read is the part of Evid Ivri, a Jewish slave. Let's take a look in Rashi over here to understand this a little bit. Rashi Let's talking about a slave who is Jewish. Jump to the next Rashi. He's purchasing this Eved from Bezin... Who sold him because he stole something? We're going to learn later on in the second Olio, This person stole something. He didn't have money to pay it back. So therefore, Bezdin sold him in order to pay back that which he stole. Jump to the next Rashi, Lachavshi, Lachiros, he goes free. Pasa Rashi tells us in Begapo Yavai, if he came alone, Shloi Hayon Sui Isha, he wasn't married. Jump to the next Rashi, Begapo Yetze, he leaves alone. Magat She'im Loi teaches us that if he wasn't married before he was sold, Ein Rabbi Mosul Kananes, his master is not allowed to give him a non-Jewish slave woman in order to have Avadim from this person. In Balishahu, Yisraelis, if he was married and he was married to a Jewish woman, the his wife goes out with him. Rashi asks, who brought her in that now she's leaving? She was never purchased as the Eved, only her husband was. So what does that mean that she goes free? The Pasuk teaches us someone who purchases a Jewish slave, he also has to pay for the food of the wife and the kids while their father and husband is in servitude. Pasuk Dalet and Rashi. Tells us, Emadinavit and Isha Mikan, this teaches us, his master is allowed to give him a non Jewish slave woman, Lohailid mi mena vadim, in order that he could have a vadim from this woman. And skip to Pasik Hayn Rashi, if this person said, I love my wife, as Ishti, Ha Shifcha, this non Jewish maidservant, so what do we do? We bring him to Bezdin. Pasik Vavin Rashi, Elo Elihim, Lebezdin to Bezdin. Why is it that he has to be brought to Bezdin? The master has to go and ask those who sold him, which is the Bezdin. In. And what do we do? We bring him to the door or to the door post. We're going to skip this next Rashi and go to Rashi, the master pierces his right ear. Perhaps the master pierces his left ear. says It says the word in two different Pesukim. Namarkana says over here, the master shall pierce his ear. And it says on his right earlobe. Just like over there, it's talking about the right one. So to over here, he Gets pierced in his right ear. Now, why is it that the ear gets pierced as opposed to any other one? Why don't we pierce his hand? His hand was the one that stole. Maybe we should pierce his hand. i Rabbi Yehem He says, this ear that heard at Harsinai, Sinai, you're not allowed to steal. And when he stole that ear has to get pierced. Let's say this person sold himself because he didn't have any money. The ear that heard on Har Sinai. B'nei Yisrael are servants to me. And this person went and acquired a master for himself, Te so that ear has to be pierced. Meaning in a very beautiful way. Why is it that his ear gets pierced against the door or the doorpost as opposed to any other thing in the house? Why not against the table or the floor or the wall? Amr says, The Delos and the Mezuzah, they were witness in Mitzrayim when I passed over the Jews' doorways the Martin I said, they're my servants they shouldn't be servants to other servants and this person went and he acquired a master for himself so he has to get his ear pierced in front of them in front of that door and the doorpost now the Pasuk had said that after he gets his ear pierced he has to serve him forever it just means up until meaning up until the 50th year and now we go back to Chomish Pasuk Zion moving on to another other topic, if a man shall sell his daughter as a maid maidservant, she does not go out like other avadim do, if she's displeasing in her master's eye, he should have designated her for himself by marrying her, but he doesn't want to marry her, so therefore he has to help in her redemption, to someone foreign, someone else, he is not allowed to sell her because he's betrayed her, however, if he wants to designate her for his son, then he has to deal with her like a regular daughter like a regular person who's getting married if he takes another woman upon her as a wife he is not allowed to decrease from her which is her sustenance her clothing and her time however if he doesn't do any of these three for her then she goes out free and there is no monetary payment and this is the sugya this is the topic of in Amah Ivriya, a Jewish maid servant so let's see what's going on over here Posak Zin and Rashi, the Khayim Karish's Bita Lama, Biktana Kasamidabur were talking about a Katana, a girl who is under Bas mitzvah skip and go to the next Rashi. She doesn't go out like all other non-Jewish slaves that go out if their Shane or iron are knocked out. We're going to learn about that in the next Aliyah. She goes out with a totally different set of circumstances. And jump to Rashi in Pasuk Ches. We said, She's displeasing in the eyes of her master. She didn't find favor in his eyes. He didn't want to marry her. He should have designated her for him. Himself, and he should have married her. The And the money that he spent buying her is the same money that's used as the Kedushin. Over here we see that there's a mitzvah of Yid of designation. And we learn from here that he doesn't need to give a new Kedushin. So what does he have to do if he doesn't want to marry her? He has to help redeem her. He has to give her an option, an ability to be redeemed and go out early. He has to help her. What does it mean, this place? He's giving her this ability to be redeemed early. He has to detract from her payment based off the years that he worked for her. As if she's working as a hired hand and not as if he bought her. Kate said, How do we do this? Let's say he purchased her for one mana. And she worked only for two years. We tell him, You knew that she was going to end up leaving after six years. That means that every year, you purchased her for a sixth of a money, and she worked for you for two years, so that's a third of a money. Take two-thirds of a money, and she'll go free from you, meaning her master has to give her this ability to leave early. But then the Pasa continued telling us, He's not allowed to sell her to someone else. The master is not allowed to sell her to someone else, and the father is not allowed to resell her to someone else. The reason why he's not allowed to sell her is because he betrayed her because he didn't take her as a wife. And the same thing with her father. Since he betrayed her by selling her to someone, therefore the father is not allowed to sell her again. However, the next Pesach told us, The master decided to designate her for his son. teaches us The son is able to be in his father's place to take her as a wife. That's if the father wants. He doesn't have to make a new Kiddushin. Even the son, he tells her, You are designated to me. With the money that your father received from my father, that money should be used as your Kiddushin. And she is a regular wife, and he has to give her She'er and Aina, again, which is her sustenance, her clothing, and her time. And Rashi explains that in the next Pasuk, in if this person takes another wife on top of her, meaning he takes another wife, he has this maid-servant wife, and he has a regular wife, She'er Ksus Min Ha'ama he is not on a detract from any of these things that he had given her previously. She'erah is this is her food, exactly as it sounds, clothing, and inasa is her time, meaning Tashmish, he has to treat her like a regular wife and the next possible told us if he didn't do these three things for her one of these three things that we mentioned previously he didn't do for her uma what are these three things either he designates her for himself or for his son or or decreasing her redemption payment and then she goes free but if he didn't do any of those he didn't designate her for him or for his son and she didn't have enough of her own personal money to redeem herself so then she goes free we add on another way that she could go out more than a standard ever could go out and Rashi explains that she's able to go out when she brings simanim when she brings signs of puberty then she's able to go out so either six years or Yival or puberty, which everyone comes first, then she's able to go free and she doesn't have to pay any money to her master. And back to Chumash Pasuk Yerbez with another topic. If a person strikes another one and that person dies... He shall surely die. Let's take a look at Rashi over here A Pasuk Yudbeis. In the Pasuk Atol, us that if one man hits another and he dies, so he's Chayiv Misa. And Rashi explains, which we're not going to read inside, that we learned from this Pasuk and other Psukim that if a person hits not only a man, but he also struck a woman or a child, that he's going to be Chayiv Misa. However, if a child struck someone and killed him, then that child is not going to be Chayiv Misa. And let's go back to Chumash Pasuk Yudgimel. Let's say he did not trap him, he didn't ambush him. Hashem called it to happen that he killed this other person and I shall provide you a place Asher as shama that you could run over there this is talking about a person who killed the shogeg it was inadvertent so then he runs to an ear mulet he runs to a place where he's safe let's take a look at Rashi over here persecut gi he didn't ambush him he didn't have kavana to kill him and jump to the next rashi hashem caused it that it came about by way of him that he should kill this other person and go to the next rashi Kim Hashem caused it to happen. Why did it happen to this person as opposed to someone else? So Rashi tells us that actually we're talking about a scenario where we have two people. Let's say we have Ruvain and Shimon. And Ruvain killed someone beshaigeg However, no one saw him. So therefore, he's not chayav Galat. He doesn't have to run away. And Shimon killed someone B'Mezid. But there was no adem So again, nothing happened to him. So what happens? Shimon's walking underneath the ladder. And Ruvain is climbing that ladder. Ruvain falls onto Shimon and kills Shimon. So Shimon was chayav Misa for killing someone else B'Mezid. So therefore, he died and Reuven, who really should have went to Gullus. But since there was no Adim to see that he had killed someone else, therefore that's why he didn't run to Gullus. Over here, there were Adim that saw him fall on Shemin. Therefore, Reuven now is going to run to Gullus and everyone got their just deserts. And let's see the last Rashi on this Pasuk. Even in the Midbar, there was a place for someone to run if he killed someone accidentally. Which place is that that he could run to? Yeah, this is the camp of the Levium. And let's go back to Chomash Pasuk Yodalad. Let's say a person plots to kill his friend with trickery. From my you shall take him to be killed. Let's take a look at Rashi over here, Pasuk Yodalad. Why does it say that he plots to kill his friend? So Rashi explains to us that the previous was talking about shaygek, where a person did it inadvertently. Therefore we say Vechiyazid. over here we're talking about a person plotted to kill his friend ba-arma, with trickery. This is not talking about a shliach that's supposed to kill someone and this is not talking about a raifei, a doctor who's trying to heal someone and he killed him in the process. We're talking about a person who simply had it out for someone else and he plotted to kill him with trickery so that person has to be killed. Let's take a look at the last Rashi in this Pasuk. Im kayin. If this person was a kayin, and he wants to do and he lamos. He shall be taken out from near the Mizbach. We drag him out of the base of and we kill him, and he's not allowed to do that void right in the base of And back to Chumash Posak Tazvav. Masumas. Someone who strikes his father or mother, he shall surely die. Let's take a Rashi over here, Al V'Loi Since we're gonna learn about someone who wounds his friend, that, that person has to pay a payment, he doesn't get killed. We learn over here that if a person wounds his father, that he gets killed for doing that he's only misa for hitting his father if there was a Khabur of there if there was an actual wound but not if he just hit him without a wound this means either his father or his mother he gets killed by strangulation and back to if a person kidnaps someone else and he sells him and he's found by him in his hand then he shall surely die rashi explains design the gun of why does it say this and Rashi explains that since we have Another pasuk that talks about kidnapping. We learn from here that if a woman or a tumtum or an andragonist that kidnaps someone, they're also chayef for kidnapping, and it's not just a man that kidnaps his chayef. Even these other people that kidnap someone, they're also chayef. Go to the next rashi. Edim saw that he kidnapped this person and sold him. When it says and it's found by him, that means Edim had seen this person who was kidnapped while he was still by the kidnappers before he was sold. He's killed with chenek, with strangulation. Anytime the Torah says that a person is going to be killed and doesn't say what type of misa they're going to get, cheneki, that's talking about strangulation. And let us go to pasuk yud zayin umekalal aviv ve'imay One who curses his father, and mother, shall surely die. Rashi pasuk yud zayin umekalal aviv lama nemer. Why does it say this? Lafishu emer says in the pasuk ish isha sherikalas aviv eli ale isha killas aviv isha How do you know a woman that curses her father, She's is chayv emer? Says in the pasuk umekalal aviv ve'imay stam ben ish u isha whether you're talking about a man or a woman in kein emer so why does the pusuk say isha shari kal why is he if someone who's a cotton, he's not an ish he's under barbas mitzvah he curses his father and mother he's not chayav musum asrashi says beskila over here is talking about beskila they're put to death by stoning and back to Chomash Pasuk We have men that are fighting. And one man strikes his friend with a stone or with his fist. And the person didn't die, but he fell into his bed, meaning he had to be hospitalized. If he got up and he walked outside then the person that had struck him will be clean. He only has to pay his sheves, and then he will be healed. Now before we go into Rashi, these psukim are going to be teaching about the payments known as Nezek, Tsar, Repoy, sheves, and Baishaz. One has to pay Nezek if he caused damage to a person which lowered his market value, such as if he cut his hand off. Let's say he caused him pain, then he also has to pay Tsar. The way that's calculated is how much a person would be willing to be paid to to undergo this type of pain, if he had to pay medical bills, then he has to pay repoi. If the wounded lost out on wages during his healing process, then he has to pay sheves. And if he was embarrassed because of the incident, then he also has to pay b'ishas. So let's take a look at Rashi over here, pasuk yudches. Why does it tell us this? In eye for an eye, and we only learn that this person has to pay the value of a person's limb. We don't know anything about sheves and Repoy, like we just mentioned. That's why we have this parsha that teaches about shevas and repoi. He's sick because he got struck, and therefore he's not able to work. So the person who struck him has to pay for that loss of work. He got up on his Mish'enes. Which means he's strong and he's able to walk around. Rashi asks, Would we ever have a Havamina That the person that struck him is going to be killed, even though the person never died? It's teaching us here. We put this person into jail. Let's say Reuven had struck Shimon. So we put Reuven into jail until we see whether or not Shimon is going to live. And this this is what the Pasuk is implying. When this person gets up and he walks around and he's healthy, us only then, viniko ha'makeh. ad Until this person gets up and starts walking around, That person has to remain in jail until we see what's going to happen. And rak he has to pay his sheves. Biltom The loss of money that he suffered because he's sick, because he's in bed. And how is it that we calculate this loss of work? Let's say Reuven had cut off Shimon's arm or leg. Ryan so we take a look at the loss of work that he suffered. How is that? As if he's a watchman over cucumbers. Because even after he gets better, he's not going to be able to do some sort of work that requires his hands or his feet. And this person already paid the nezek, which is the loss that he suffered. Now he's been devalued because he doesn't have a hand or a foot. Because the later says, And we conclude today's aliyah with this. Like the Targum says, he has to pay this person's medical bills we're going to stop here for the day pick up tomorrow with the second Aliyah Parshas Mishpatim everyone should have a wonderful day